Hello, and welcome to Registered the Podcast, where we highlight some of the incredible minds entering the healthcare profession in the midst of a global pandemic. Whether you work in healthcare or not, we come here to find stories of some incredible young people tackling tremendous challenges head on. Here, we laugh, we cry, we're scared, we're honest. My name is Kelsey, and I'm a NICU nurse, looking forward to introducing you to some of the truly incredible individuals I've met in the healthcare world. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for you guys to have a listen to this conversation I have with Stephanie. She is a new grad, registered nurse, um, born and raised in California, um, who talks about her journey taking her first nursing job to a place across the country where she didn't really know very many people um, and it was during a pandemic and she was on a very fast-paced acute pediatric unit and um, she talks about her journey with that, um, her transition to being a nurse, some of the struggles she faced. She talks about catching COVID and then ultimately during this journey she realized that that unit and that job were not the best fit for her and she talks about her journey pursuing and learning about other avenues of nursing. Um, I found her story of getting COVID and the ways that she coped and how she recovered really enlightening and also inspirational Um, and we also both had some really really good um, necessary conversations about um, unit fit um, workplace environment and um, you know the struggles that a lot of people face when they're new nurses in a fast-paced setting. Um, Stephanie now just want to update you. First of all she survived the fire. Her house is fine. You'll see soon what I'm talking about there and she also now works in a children's hospital in a pediatric acute care rehab setting. So yeah, I hope you guys like this. Um, This is another episode that we recorded earlier on. We recorded this in like early December. Because of my job, it's sometimes a little bit hard to have all my episodes recorded, edited, and released um, like super on time from when they were recorded. Um, We are coming up going to be releasing a few more that are being released closer to the date that they recorded, but um, at this time, it was after Thanksgiving, before Christmas, there were no COVID vaccines out yet, Um, and yeah, we were just getting ready for the winter and getting ready for that second wave, so I hope you guys really enjoy this, I hope you learn something, I hope you find the content relatable, and let's get to it. Hey, how's it going? Hey, good, how are you? I'm okay, I'm like, actually, you could help me with this. Um, or at least like, give me your opinion. So I went to the dentist today and I have two cavities and these are like my first cavities ever, like the oh big cavities. Um, so I had to schedule a day to get them filled. And so I scheduled them for 2.20 in the afternoon on a weekday. And I haven't gotten my like next block of my schedule yet. And since I'm still orienting, they're still like figuring out my schedule. But I just switched to nights. So, and so I think, like, I was trying to figure out, do I ask for, so it's a Monday. Do I ask for the Sunday? I think I asked for the Monday after off, right? Because I can't, I need one day off because I 
need to sleep between if I work Sunday night and Monday night. Okay, and your appointment is on Monday at yeah twenty two twenty p.m. Okay, yeah, I well, I would ask for Monday night off. Yeah, yeah, I would ask for Monday night off. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so crazy! I like just switched to nights this week, and on it, like the night itself wasn't so bad, but like the next day, my body was like so confused. I like woke up last night at two a.m. starving. Like, and I wasn't, like, working or anything. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's crazy. But um, still trying to wrap my head around it all. But I knew, like, since you already worked nights, you might be able to help me out a little bit. Um, anyway, switching gears here. Um, give me a just quickie background for everyone listening. Just, like, who you are, where you are, like, what you're up to. Yeah. So I'm Stephanie. Um, I am a <laughs> registered nurse. And, yeah, and um, I used to work in the pediat- pediatric ICU and actually just got hired on t- um, for a clinical research organization. I'm just helping one of their clients. Uh, I can't really speak much about it details wise, but it has to do with COVID. So that's uh, really exciting. Yeah, I live with my family and I live in uh, Southern California, where the weather is always great, and there are plenty of wildfires, because right now there are quite a few, and there's one probably coming my direction, so I'm getting ready to evacuate, potentially, um, tonight. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, and uh, and the actually the electrical company said they're going to shut off our power within the next few hours, so yeah, that's <laughs> you you have time for the call right yes yes oh yeah are you definitely. sure like yes. I don't want to be inconveniencing you no 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 I trust me it it's I I personally I'm because I'm looking outside my backyard I personally don't see any smoke or uh yeah fires coming my way uh, the wind has been shifting a lot today so this morning part of the sky was dark gray slash black so <laughs> I knew it was I knew the smoke was coming out of direction but the wind is constantly shifting was constantly shifting today so oh my gosh that's so scary <laughs> I am an east coast girl born and raised visited California a few times but um can't say I've ever had that experience and I don't know how that feels but it must not feel good <laughs> it- <laughs> It it feels a uh, like impending doom, but not not too terrible. I mean, um, the last week of October, uh, there was a huge wildfire where I live, and it actually came a quarter mile from my house, so it was pretty close to hitting my house. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, well, mental note to myself to go back before I release this and just like let everyone know how you're doing. <laughs> um but um so you're sure though like I don't want to take your time if you need to like go like put all your eggs in their baskets and like pack and get ready oh no you're good my my I feel like we've done this so many times to the point where we just kind of know what to grab and there we go so um it's pretty quick it'll only take us 10 minutes um last time it took 45 minutes because it was just my brother 
uh, evacuating everything but I have me my mom dad and my brother so with the four of us it should only take 10 minutes okay well that's actually a really good segue um because I was gonna have you tell me a little bit about like your upbringing and your family and just kind of what led you into nursing yeah so I was actually a NICU baby so woo go uh, NICU nurses shout out to all of you <laughs> wow so yeah I was in the NICU for three months I was born premature 10 weeks um, 10 weeks so you were a 30 weeker yeah I was a 30 weeker um had you know underdeveloped lungs you know not a lot of surfactant <laughs> so actually there were a bit of complications so I got a pleurofusion and then a thorax. And oh my gosh, so you were intubated? Yes, I was intubated, sedated, <laughs> all wow. the um, And then, um, growing up, I just always had a real interest in medicine and helping people, and just really, also just really giving back to the community. Um, and actually, uh, <laughs> my aunt is a labor and delivery nurse so just hearing her stories and then also just hearing my mom's stories of how the NICU nurses and the staff really made the hospital feel like a second home which Mm -hmm. sounds weird but it actually really isn't because I mean it's better than being in a strange environment where everyone's cold to you so she really enjoyed uh the staff at the hospital where <clears throat> I was admitted. And then, um, yeah, in high school, I decided, okay, I'm going to be a doctor, uh, do pre-med, and then decided to do pre-med for a year, switched over nursing because I shadowed on the general pediatric floor um, at the university hospital. And I just really liked how the bedside nurses were was always there next to the patient they knew everything about their patient they just focused on the patients that they had for that day that they didn't need to spread out their time like the doctors did with you know the 15 patients that they have right that's that's a huge thing for me too and actually like I didn't factor into my nursing decision but now that I'm on my unit I'm on a NICU and like the way like our NICU works we have usually like one doctor will have like you know 12 to 15 babies and I'm over here while I'm learning just trying to figure out like my two to three and I cannot even imagine um being a doctor on the NICU I think like there are definitely people who would love that um but it's also, I love really getting to know the patients that I have and really having that like close connection with parents, being able to get to know them. So it feels like a family for them. Like I relate to that a lot. That's one of the things we really try to do where I work. And one of the things that I was taught to do was really like get to know my parents, um, make them feel welcome, help them understand what's going on and what we're doing as nurses. Um, so yeah, totally relate to that. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> you knew, so in high school, after you had that shadow experience, this was in high school, right? Uh, no, it was actually in college, um, my first year of college. Oh, okay. 
So were you, did you already like declare your major at that point? I did. I declared I'm a biology major. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a pediatrician. I had everything planned out. Like I knew, uh-huh. I knew which med schools I wanted to apply to. I knew what scores I needed to get on for step one and step two. Like, ha- like which pediatric residencies, like I had it all planned out. And then going into the pediatric floor, uh, between, I guess towards the end of my freshman year, that's when I saw the nurses being at the bedside. And also, you know, I personally think they have better work-life balance, (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, even though they work inpatient. (laughs) (laughs) So that was another plus. Uh, And also schooling is less. um, I I didn't mind uh, not being the one to call the shots. I don't mind... uh, you know, having someone above me, like trusting what they're telling me, but also verifying that as well. You know, as as you know, with nursing, double, triple, quadruple checking is very important and very crucial because anyone can make mistakes. Yeah, I love that too. I feel like nurses are like the final barrier a lot of times. Yes. And that like maybe like the doctor will make an order. But we're the ones that really have to confirm, like, this is the right thing to do for this kid um, or this adult, whoever your patient is. Um, and so, like, that is a to- it's a different type of responsibility, but it's a real responsibility. It feels really good to do it right. Right. And also providing the best care for our patient. Yeah, Absolutely. So I switched to my nursing major at the very beginning of my sophomore year of college. So uh, I didn't do any accelerated uh, BSN program. I just took prereqs, applied for nursing school, got into the traditional two-year nursing school program, and then finished my degree. Okay, so it was still like in your same school. Um, no, I actually transferred schools. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Were you far from home? I was. Actually, both times, yes. So I went to school in Arizona uh, for my first two years while taking mm-hmm. prereqs. And then my last two years when I was attending nursing school, it was in Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. What, like, encouraged you to make that switch? So the switch. So actually, uh, my parents encouraged me to always be independent and uh, I decided well what's a better way to be independent than going to college out of state so mm-hmm. I decided okay I'm gonna try the south I've always liked the south I love the culture the people I love country music I love two-stepping <laughs> wait sorry Pete stuff. Oh no, two stepping. Sorry, two stepping. Two stepping. Oh, yeah, two stepping. That's like a southern dance, right? Yeah, I can see the East Coast girl like coming out right now. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so <laughs> I've always loved uh, things about that. Oh, barbecue, barbecue's great there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I decided to transfer to Texas, and it was a it was a good fit for me because the school was also small. Um. I think I thrived better in a smaller uh, school environment um, compared to my previous school, which was a big state school. So Mm -hmm. um, it was a great transition for me. 
Okay, cool. Um, and so overall nursing school experience, give it a thumbs up. Um, well, my clinicals were okay. They were all right. Uh, so people like to know how people study for the NCLEX. Um, so if you could just like give your little NCLEX study tips, like a little spiel, and then tell me a little bit about how you found your job after nursing school. Yeah. Okay. So how I studied for the NCLEX is I just used UWorld. I just, that's literally what I did. I did practice questions all day long. And for me, it was just getting used to the format of how the NCLEX asks questions. Mm-hmm. So that's mainly how I studied. Um, and then you mentioned about how I got my first job. So actually, it was pretty interesting. Um, I have a friend that actually encouraged me to apply um, it was out of state. I moved back home to Southern California and I decided, okay, fine. I'll just apply for this position and see where it goes. Um, I didn't think I was going to get it because in my mind, I was thinking this state that I'm applying to in this hospital, is just as competitive as California because California is incredibly competitive. So I applied. They called me for an interview. I flew out. This was before COVID. And then they liked me and called me a few days later. And I was, I did have a few other job job offers in hand, uh, but I don't think it would have helped me reach my goal, my nursing goal, (laughs) if I took those job offers. So I took that job, I took that job, and I moved out there, and I landed there. So just um, for a little bit more clarity about kind of like what was going on in your head when you made that decision, what was special about this job offer, and what was your nursing goal at the time? So what was special about the job offer is that it would provide me, I guess, a robust and comprehensive uh, pediatric ICU experience yeah I was just thinking listening because when I took my first job it was in New York and I moved there because my twin sister who's my best friend and my boyfriend already lived in New York Um, so I had that support system and I also like since my boyfriend was already there, like I was frequently like going there already. And so I knew the area, Um, but that is just totally different than doing what you did because you didn't really know the area very well. And it wasn't, I was at least like driving distance, but like you had to fly Um, and you had friends. Were they close friends? No, we weren't close friends. I, we would hang out once in a while, but we weren't close friends, I would say. So I guess you could look at it from the point of I did have to make friends all over again. <laughs> and that was that was a challenge because it was it's the middle of a pandemic. COVID was still relatively new and uh, you know social distancing and wearing masks. I mean, those are mandated. Uh-huh. So and you know highly suggested. So um, that made things a bit more difficult, but it ended up working out. And who was your, like, biggest support system at the time? Not, it doesn't necessarily have to be people who lived there, but just, like, who did you go to? My boyfriend. (laughs) 
he he has been so patient he encouraged me to think about the offer um you know he did tell me you know selfishly he wanted me to stay but he wanted to help me achieve my goal and I guess speaking of the nursing goal my goal at that time was to become a foster care nurse it's a job that's specifically only in California and it is different from being a foster care public health nurse so um, foster care and adoption is really close to my heart so I wanted to get a year of pediatric ICU experience to get a solid foundation and then move into that field so that was my nursing goal at that time Um, but with support it was definitely my boyfriend (laughs) he (laughs) he was very patient very loving very kind um, with me throughout all of this (laughs) um two questions for you I'm gonna pop back to the foster care nurse because that's really cool I've never heard of that can you tell me a little bit yeah. more? So it's two so two nurses developed a nonprofit organization called Angels in Waiting. And basically uh, you get to be an independent nurse provider and a foster parent for a medically fragile children. Uh, California has uh, a program called the acronym is EDPST, which it, which basically means that uh, you get to be like I said an independent provider um, through Medi-Cal so you basically bill your hours for 16 hours a day and five days a week but the child lives with you for uh, seven days a week and if parental rights are terminated which is sad that that is a really sad thing Um, what a lot of people don't realize in adoption is that there is loss as well, um, as much as gain, because you're gaining a kiddo into your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but when parental rights are terminated, you, as a foster parent who is an independent nurse provider, is the first in line to adopt this child. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. And I, I had not heard about that before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was your end goal, but you thought like PICU experience was going to give you a leg up and like applying for those jobs? Uh, yeah, I thought so. But then, you know, I, I just, for me, I wanted to be the best nurse that I could be. And I know ICU teaches you so many things about, you know, patient status deterioration, um, you know, teaches you about vents and drips and trachs and what different labs mean. You see all these different disease processes. So I just wanted the best experience that I could possibly have or attain. But then um, I also knew that it wasn't the only kind of experience. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can take to become a foster nurse provider. That's all super interesting and new, completely new <laughs> for me. Um, but really cool, like uh, just a whole other world of nursing I didn't think about. Um, but I'm going to actually flip back a little bit to your boyfriend and like that support system in your move. You left your boyfriend behind in Southern yes. California, yes. right? Okay. How long have you guys We've been together? We've been together. When I left back in June to go to Oklahoma, we 
have been dating for 11 months. So tell me about like that whole moving process. Like what was that like to like move a flight distance away? Yeah. So for me personally, I was already used to moving. Um, by that time, I already lived in Arizona and in Texas. And now I'm moving to a third state. So for me, it was just the normal routine thing to do. I, uh, my original plan was to just work there for a year and then come back here. So at first I called my friend who's an accountant and does taxes. I asked her what I needed to do when I filed taxes for being, you know, a part year resident and then a half year resident, you know, for both states. So got that down. Um, and then I, you know, notified my bank that I was moving. I notified, you know, Social Security and IRS, um, you know, my change of address. So did that. I packed up only what I needed. And then when it came to finding housing, I decided, you know, I'm only going to be there for a year. I'm going to rent out an Airbnb because everything's already provided I don't need to buy anything new and I just need to bring clothes and shoes and anything else that I want to bring so it it took a little bit to find the right roommate um I was living with with another woman uh for a few weeks it wasn't working out I found another woman and that worked out great uh we got along well we had the same interests and some of the things that we both liked and she was really respectable of when I worked night shift and then when I worked day shift and she was just a really great roommate. I, I, I really do miss her. Like I told her you should come out and visit and we can go hiking or to the beach when COVID is much more manageable and under control. Yeah, I also had um, roommates when I moved to New York and started my first job that I had never met before. Um, and they were really, really sweet, too, luckily. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's like a whole other ball game when you're starting a new job and it's a new city and you don't even know the people you live with. Like, you're just adjusting left and right in those first few months um, in that sort of situation. Um, now, you were actually talking about how you worked days and nights. Um, so I was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on what the general like orientation process looked like for you on your Yeah, unit. so I did six weeks of night shift and then six weeks of day shift. I think it's beneficial to orient on both day shift and night shift. So for me, uh, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would actually stay on night shift because yeah. it is less busier than day shift normally and also another factor to consider is what resources you have um and definitely I agree now that I'm like switching to nights um you can definitely see what it's like to not have as many resources available and you kind of have to use your nursing judgment a little bit more um which is pretty cool and a good like experience to have. I'm really glad though that I started on days first because that way I got trained like while the resources were around for me and I kind of I got to see, you know, what the doctors would do when 
I got to see like certain procedures that only going on, on during the day and stuff like that. So now that I'm going to nights, like I have like a, a better understanding of what my patient had gone through like the day before. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> but you, so you spent six weeks on nights and then you switched to days. Um, tell me about like your day-to-day life, like when you worked days and nights and how you dealt on your days off with the night shift schedule and then like the day shift schedule too and anything like lifestyle related that you think worked well for you things that you think could have been different yeah so for night shift uh I will say I did not adjust very well I think it would have taken me three months to adjust to night shift because for some reason I just couldn't sleep during the day I tried everything um for me I was averaging three to four hours of sleep a night and that's not yeah. very much <laughs> and um I would try I I tried 20 milligrams of melatonin Kelsey that didn't even that didn't even knock oh my me gosh. out and I wasn't anxious or anything I just I just couldn't sleep. I was always a morning person. I feel energized during the day. And yeah, so I tried melatonin. My neighborhood is really quiet. My blackout curtains were fantastic. My sleep or my sound machine was great. Um, I also did an eye mask. I tried tea before going to bed. I tried everything. Yeah, warm showers. The whole, the whole setup. I think what would have, what would have helped for me better actually is to exercise on my days off. That way I'm more tired. Uh, I'm consistent. Mm-hmm. I'm able to sleep better. Um, and also what is helpful is clumping your sh- night shifts together. So working three in a row. Um, that way you don't have to flip flop back and forth between night shift day shift night shift day shift and that was helpful for me mm-hmm. and then for day shift I, I just it was great it was great <laughs> um the the flow was busier um time management you know was a was a bit of a difficult for me but I guess when when is time management not difficult for any new grad <laughs> right so Time management, the funniest thing for me about time management, like I remember they were talking about it in nursing school and I just did not get it. Like I would sit when they were talking lectures about time management and be like, oh, I'm great at time management. I always block out time to study before my exams. Like I schedule my workouts. I schedule times for self-care. I'm really good at schedules. I'm great at time management. But no, you can be a nurse and you can be working your entire day like you spend your entire day doing nursing stuff you're not taking breaks you're not whatever and your time management can still be yeah terrible (laughs) and so that that was such one of the biggest things I've learned and you gotta like when you're just starting you really just have to give yourself like some grace and understanding about that um and another thing that you said that I thought of too about night shift was you were trying everything you were doing everything right. You had your blackout curtains. You had your sound machine. Uh, you were taking probably too much <laughs> melatonin, but you were taking like your melatonin and it still isn't working for you. And that's something that I try to keep in mind when I'm interacting with other nurses on my unit because 
the thing is, I don't know whether they had the best sleep ever or whether they have, like, a kid, other obligations outside of work that was keeping them up or, like, they, they're just trying their best but they couldn't sleep. And that's really hard. It's stressful to go in. Um, you could have anxiety because you, like, weren't sleeping. Um, so... I hope that people give me grace and I try to give other people grace with that too. Um, That you never know what someone was dealing with before they go in. So switching gears, kind of. Um, You started, you started in February or you you moved in February, started in March. Uh, I actually accepted a job offer in February. They didn't start until June. Okay. So you started already during the pandemic. Um, uh, yes. Let's talk about how that impacted you, how that ex- changed your experience in the job, um, your experience outside of the job. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, fortunately for me, by the time I got to my unit in June, uh, PPE was not an issue. We weren't... Uh, we didn't have a low supply of PPE. Basically, the policy my unit had is uh, wear an N95 for three shifts. Your Our N95 masks are actually UV sanitized uh, between uh, each uh, wear. And then you discard your N95 after three shifts and you get a new one. I don't think this contributed because of the pandemic, but it's really hard to tell what your unit culture is like unless you're fully immersed in it or unless you know, you personally know someone that works on your unit and they can tell you what your unit culture is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. it doesn't help though that you're coming on and interacting with everyone. They can't even see half your face. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's helpful to have <laughs> um, the name badges that have a picture of your face on it. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I really love the idea of uh, there was a children's hospital that where one of their child life specialists specifically made laminated uh, badges for the for the healthcare workers to put on their gowns. Uh huh. I think I've seen something like that. Yes. And and I love that. I I, I love that. That that just means uh, that unit and hospital is going an extra step to really do family centered and patient centered care. I just love that. Yeah, me too. Um switching to something a little bit darker, but still really important to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you got COVID. I did, yes. Yeah, tell me about what that was like for you. Yeah, so uh, I personally think I got it from my patient, actually. Oh, really? Yes, uh, because um, the only person that I interacted with uh, the day that I worked with my patient and even a few days before and a few days after is my roommate. And my roommate works from home, and she was never symptomatic. Um, 
at all. And I understand that some people can be asymptomatic, um, but she got tested and she is negative. Hmm. So, so I personally think I got it from my patient. Um, what my hospital provided was a, a disposable sub scrub cap, the N95, surgical mask, gowns, and booties. Uh, but we actually had to share um, safety glasses. Were you ever scared when you started? This is like really dark. Um, but it's I worry about catching COVID sometimes. Like, were you ever scared, like, moving away that you were going to catch COVID and be far away from your boyfriend, your family? Um, so I will say, um, for me personally, um, I do have a faith-based background. Um, I personally was not scared of catching it um, um, because for me, like, um, from what I've believe um, like when I die I believe um, I'm going to heaven and I but I want to be prudent and wise with how I'm approaching uh, COVID so actually what feared me the most is me getting it and then me transmitting it to someone else and then Mm -hmm. catching it so that was actually my fear is uh, spreading it to someone else because I would just be so shocked and guilt-ridden that I gave it to them. Um, so unfortunately, like, I'm so thankful that I actually got it on the mild side. Um, and I, when I mean mild, um, to me, that means I didn't have to be hospitalized. <laughs> um, yeah, what were your symptoms like? Yeah, so um, I was sick for two weeks. The very first day, I thought I just had a sinus infection, um, but... <laughs> That was not the case. So the first day I had, you know, congestion, a runny nose, a sore throat, a headache. I just wasn't feeling like myself. And then five days after, I lost my sense of taste and smell. Um, Fortunately, I also did not have a fever. Um, Yeah, I I was not hypoxic. (laughs) My (laughs) oxygen levels were fine. Um, but then on day nine, I started coughing and I just could not stop for four hours straight. And my friend who has been an adult med surgery nurse for 30 years contacted her ICU attending <laughs> and explained to him my symptom timeline, what my symptoms are, you know, the vitals that I had. And she said, you know, Stephanie, we're not taking any chances. Go to the ER right now. Because it was also getting harder for me to breathe. And my oxygen was dropping down to 92, um, which isn't bad. Because, you know, as you know, like any, uh, uh, if your oxygen goes below 92, I mean, that's not the norm. Like they say 92 and above, or at least for my hospital, oxygen, saturate, oxygen saturation above 92% is good. So, Wait, sorry. This is like probably the dumbest question ever. How did you have like a home pulse ox? I did actually. Oh <laughs> no, no, it's not a dumb question. No, no, I did. Do they sell those? Like, yeah, they do. <laughs> I feel like that would be really helpful to have. Yeah, but... no, it uh, it is actually, and most of them are accurate. It will line up with uh, the monitor 
pull socks uh, that you see in the hospital rooms. Um, but I had one from when I was an ER tech. I worked as an ER tech for a year and I would actually record vitals. And uh, depending on the patient situation, it wouldn't be feasible to put on um, an oxygen pulse box from the monitor. Um, I would just slip that onto the patient and that's what my patient's oxygen and heart rate would be. So that would mainly be in triage. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that like clears it up. Yes. <laughs> anyway, continue talking about your COVID experience. Yeah, so I went to the ER and like I figured, they pres- they prescribed me Tessalon pearls, which helps with, you know, the coughing. You know, the the physician assistant that saw me said that that's a hit and miss for some people. And then they prescribed me um, methylprednisolone and a Z-pack. So just to, just to prevent infection and um, just to, yeah, just for it to be prophylactic. Because <laughs> um, since I wasn't hypoxic, they said, oh, yeah, you don't need to be here. You're fine. Um, and it makes it makes sense. I mean, because if you're hypoxic or, you know, severely dehydrated from COVID, yeah, I think they take the priority in being admitted. So mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure what was going on. I, I just, for me, I just couldn't stop coughing. It was literally for four hours straight. <laughs> Yikes. So, yeah, and it was a dry cough, too. <laughs> And how long were you out? I was out for two weeks. That's got to impact your orientation. Yeah, it's it's a it's a chunk of my orientation. (laughs) So, um, and it it was not really made up for, which um, was interesting as well. (laughs) So, what was it like for you to go back to the unit after two weeks off and like? I'm like stuck on this and asking because I in particular have, I kind of have a thing about not taking breaks for too long away from the unit. Like I know you were saying, and probably for nights I'm going to have to start like chunking my schedule into threes a little bit more, but just like while I'm learning, I actually have really been enjoying going in like one and then one day off and then like two and then two days off and then one and one day off again. And just kind of like, giving myself little chunks because like when I spend too long away I like come back and I'm like wait like how do I nurse again like (laughs) what is this again but I can't imagine right now I know one day like I'm gonna take that thing called a vacation but right now I cannot imagine taking a full two weeks off while I'm trying to learn how to get all of this yeah, so I was a bit nervous to go back only because, um, you know, I I was I was um, I was not having the best experience on my unit. Um, I had COVID. Um, I felt like I didn't know anything uh, because I kept on blinking out. Um, there's so many unknowns about COVID. Um, I know with uh, COVID, they say that some people have long term brain fog or like neurological uh issues so first yeah so I thought I just thought oh I just hope I don't have that (laughs) (laughs) um so I I sort of enjoyed it but at the same time not really um 
I brushed up on a lot of things that I've been wanting to read. So I read I read a handbook on pediatric congenital heart defects um, because cardiac has been always interesting to me. So I I I've used my time uh, in a way that I thought would help me in nursing. Um, you know, obviously, I didn't read every day. I was really fatigued and malaised um, for about a solid mm, week. So, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't do much reading, but definitely the last week, uh, I did a lot more reading. <laughs> so I was nervous going back to the unit. Um, I guess I felt like I was a new grad all over again, 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, before I move back to your experience on the unit, um, speaking of like what you did while you were out, um, do you have any like pearls or words of wisdom for like how someone, if they catch COVID could maintain their sanity and mental health while they're sick and quarantining? Like, what did you do? How did you stay okay mentally throughout? Um, so what I did to help keep myself insane or not insane sane and to deal with my mental health is honestly I facetimed and called a lot of people um I am so blessed to have caring people in my life and they constantly checked up on me like my boyfriend my family close friends that I have um they just constantly checked up on me. I had a few people deliver me food. Um, and I just think for me, I think what really helps is just being in constant communication with your people. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot of people. It can just be your inner circle. And um, yeah, just being in constant communication with them. It, it really does help um, because I think COVID has brought on a lot of isolation, unfortunately. And that has impacted mental health, people's mental health in a negative way. So I'd say uh, communicating a lot with your loved ones. Um, also finding a new hobby to do. Um, for me, it was, well, being a nerd and <laughs> reading about pediatric congenital heart defects. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, you're not a nerd. That's awesome. <laughs> and, um, and also just... Um, I love music, so just listening to music, that helped as well. But regarding interacting with people, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, phone calls, that, that helps mm-hmm. That helps just as much. Did your experience with getting COVID change at all your perspective about the pandemic? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, I'll be honest, um, I probably was not as cautious as I should have been. Uh, before I had COVID. Uh, but when I was in California, um, I knew it was real. But since I didn't know much about it, <laughs> um, I actually, you know, did not social distance. I did not mask up. Um, by some miracle, I never got COVID while doing that. Um, so um, I, to me, I believe it uh, affected my view on the pandemic. Because now I mask up I social distance properly. I do not attend large gatherings um, inside. I actually do not like going inside. Um, I think it's given me 
a perspective of what patients go through when they do have COVID. Now, I know everyone reacts to it differently, but, you know, I still can understand what it's like to have COVID for two weeks and feel some of those symptoms. Um, and also with having COVID, um, it's just, it's just lonely. Quarantine, quarantining is lonely. And I'm sure many of you listeners have experienced this to some degree <laughs> because yeah, it, it is lonely and um, mental health is really important. And that's why it's so important to get connected and be in constant communication with your loved ones and being there, being there for them as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, okay. You guys heard it straight from the source. <laughs> wear your dang mask. <laughs> um, okay, so now let's flip back a little bit to your experience in your first job. Um, there was a lot going on. It was a very fast-paced unit, super acute patients, pediatrics, and we know with peds, people are very protective over peds patients, as yes. they should be, um, but it's definitely a high-stress environment. It was a new place, and it was the middle of a pandemic. Um, did that have an impact for you, like, mental health-wise on your days on or actually on your days off, too? Yes. Actually, um, yes. And to me, I personally think in some cases, and you can tell me your feedback on this, Kelsey, but I do think it makes a difference if a hospital is magnet or not (laughs) um so I actually have a kind of interesting perspective on that I totally see how important that is um and I am totally all for what we're trying to do um but my workplace is not a magnet hospital but it really feels like it is I feel like the nurses I, the nurses I work with are so incredibly supportive and intelligent. Um, the, the orientation program I'm in is so structured, so supportive. Um, I get a bunch of feedback. I'm followed regularly by a nurse educator who works on my unit. Like she, she's there on the floor four days a week and her job is to run my orientation and to help out with education for all of the nurses on our unit. Um, there's all of these protocols and all of these committees and things we're trying to do to be better nurses, to improve our practice. Um, and it's just a really supportive place, but it's not a magnet hospital. Um, so, and I don't know why, like, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to like march up to whoever runs magnet and be like excuse me why is my hospital not a magnet <laughs> hospital i don't know i haven't looked at i haven't looked into it but um i think unit fit is really just dependent on the unit and it's i've i've definitely learned about certain things that are important to ask about when you're applying for a job um at least for me for what the type of unit that would be a good fit for me. Um, but I don't think that there's necessarily one label that will tell you whether or not your workplace is going to be the best workplace for you. That's true. 
Okay. Um, I wanted to shift a little bit. Um, your so your unit was not necessarily the best fit for you. Um, how did that like make you feel oh. like mentally? What were your biggest like mental health like challenges oh, in that feel period? Sad. I mean, I knew that I was already away from home, away from family, away from friends. It just made me feel sad. I it was hard to make friends I will say I did make one friend and bless her heart like she was so encouraging and supportive but it took me a while to find her and um the unit was just not a good fit and um my preceptors didn't really help me teach as well and um it was yeah oh my gosh I'm gonna pause and just talk about making friends when you're new on your unit for a second, because that is something I have struggled with a lot too. Um, and I think that probably other new nurses can relate. And the, like when you're in nursing school, and all of your peers are learning the same like skills and things that you're learning at the same time, and you're all on the same page. But once you get your first job, you're thrown into it with if you're lucky, a handful, but maybe just one or two people who are brand new to it. And they might not even necessarily be working the days that you're working. And every day you come in and everyone else already knows things that you don't know yet. Um, So like you have that and then everyone already knows each other and you don't know them. Um, So it's really, it's been hard to make friends. And now I'm finally finding my voice a little bit more and like now that I I feel like very secure in my job and like I know I still have a lot to learn but I'm in the right place and I'm like going at the pace that I need to be so I'm like okay like I can be respected as a co-worker here like I'm allowed to talk to people I can make jokes I can make friends um but it for me and I think for a lot of other people too there is like a little bit of that moment when you're just like uh Am I even allowed to speak to you? <laughs> like, I don't know. Making friends is really hard. And I can't imagine how much harder it was being so far away from the people that you're close with. Yes, it it was hard. And um, being on a unit where it's not the best fit for you is also difficult because, you know, you're spending 36 hours with those people each week and that that's important to have supportive coworkers, a supportive environment um you know it's a big chunk of your life and um I think oftentimes uh as people um you know we're ch- we can be hasty and uh you know grabbing the first job that's handed to us or um you know needing a job because you need it and I get it like some a lot of instances like that's what you do have to do um but I think it it is like a big blessing to be in an environment where you do feel supported like your voice is heard and um knowing that um you're able to provide really great patient care because of the resources you have yeah and I I want to second that and emphasize that I can tell you firsthand if you are listening and you are not in that type of environment, that that environment does exist and you can find it as a new grad nurse. 
just putting that out there. Um, so ultimately you ended up leaving. I did. Uh, and how many, so you started in June. When did you leave? I, I left, uh, at the very end of October. Okay. So that people tend to have this pinpoint of this one year mark. Um, and that was something I was hearing a lot, the six months, the one year. Um, and I also left my first job before I hit six months. Um, and from my personal experience, that takes a lot of guts. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience with dealing with the aftermath. So I resigned and after I resigned, um, I was a little bit anxious because I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to get a nursing job? I only have, you know, almost five months of nursing experience. That's not a lot. And, um, but I was really reassured um, by Lacey, who um, we, Kelsey, you and I uh, went through her nurse mentorship program. She was just reassuring, very reassuring and encouraging that it's not it's it's not um a career suicide to leave your job before your six months is up um I mean I got a job I mean it's not bedside but by all means you can go back to bedside um after (laughs) after you leave a job before your one-year mark and yeah I did yeah see and um, it, I think it all just depends what you want and what you want your goal to be. So, um, like, for me, like, this job um, that I took, um, it's actually a contract job. So I'm actually uh, still applying for full-time jobs because who, sometimes it can take HR a long time to get back to you. So I'm, I will still be applying to jobs while working this part-time job. Um, yeah. But um, um, let me just really quickly interrupt to elaborate a little bit on Lacey because I actually have not mentioned her yet. Um, Lacey Megan um, is her name. Her Instagram handle is at Lacey Megan, M-A-G-E-N. Um, and she has this nursing mentorship program where she works with new graduate nurses who um, are struggling with confidence either in their orientation or they're in their first um, year they're struggling with like confidence, work-life balance, um, and just general issues with like transitioning from the role of nursing student to nurse. Um, and I met Stephanie because I felt like I was struggling and I enrolled in the program at the same time that Stephanie was. And, um, it was extremely helpful for me. Um, and it's not for everyone. It's for very specific people who are struggling with very specific issues at at a specific point in their nursing career. Um, But I absolutely recommend it to anyone who's listening who might relate to some of the struggles and topics being discussed. I give Lacey a shout out. Thanks, Lacey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. I am totally hoping to have her on at some point too. Yeah, I think it was really great that she was able to talk to you about that. And I remember watching a YouTube video of someone talking about just like the the struggles of the transition to practice. And 
this person was saying, give it six months. Um, it will feel terrible for six months. And you hear that from a lot of people, like it will feel terrible for six months. It will feel terrible for a year. There's a difference between the type of terrible that is, I'm still learning and I feel bad that I don't know everything yet. And the type of terrible that is you and your workplace environment are not a good fit. Um, and if that's the case, if you're really struggling with things in on your unit in your hospital, um, just because you're new doesn't mean you need to stick out a bad situation for a year. So you got a new job. Tell me a little bit about that new job. Yeah. Um, so I actually can't say much about it because um, our, um, basically I was, so I got hired um, for a clinical research organization uh, to help one of their clients start um, a program that has to deal with COVID. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't talk much about the specifics, mm-hmm. um, but um, it it has to do with technology and innovation, and it's really interesting. It's really cool. It is a contract job, um, but it, it's, it's, it's a great job. It has a lot of auto- autonomy and independence, so this will help me um, develop um, minor leadership skills and... <laughs> And uh, the pay was really great, and the company seems uh, really supportive. Like they really want to help with patient care and um, and t- tie in technology and innovation with that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I will say down the road, um, I do have an interest in either research. So I want to, I want to go one of two ways, either research in peds um, or um, just going back to pediatric nursing and doing, end up being a foster care nurse. Because um, if I could, if I wanted to, um, it would be um, easier for me to go straight into pediatric home health right now, um, which I'd be okay with, or I can, apply to other pediatric hospital positions. So that's what I love about nursing. It's so broad. Um, you're not stuck in one place forever. Like uh, how, how a, like, you know, an intensivist doctor would be. Just only work in mm-hmm. ICU. I only work in ICU. <laughs> and not having that flexibility to move around. Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool. Um... What are you most looking forward to right now? I mean, I'm looking forward to my job. I'm looking forward to see where I end up in a year. Um, I'm looking forward to Christmas. I love Christmas. I I have a slight obsession with Bath and Body Works candles. So um, they're having a $9.95 uh, three-wick candle sale tomorrow, everyone. <laughs> so... <Aww. laughs> um, gonna go to bath this is definitely going out when the sale is over so sorry you guys missed it but (laughs) (laughs) that's okay because bath and body works has sales like these at least once a year so um yeah looking forward to christmas looking forward to um maybe going snowboarding i know um california actually has a lot of good um laws for employees so for example um 
this is a law. It is required. It is mandated. Um, for every four hours you work, you have to have a 10-minute break. Oh, cool. Like, you have to. Like, you have to have a 10-minute break. Um, so, and also, um, nurse or California is the only state that has mandated nurse-patient ratios. So, um, when I worked um, at my previous job, my nurse-patient ratio oftentimes would be three to one. Um, but in California, ICU, it always has to be two to one. It can't be three to one. Um, okay. They try really hard not to break ratios. So, I think California does a good job of protecting its employees with um, the labor laws of it's mandatory to take a 10 minute break every four hours. Um, you're required, required to have a 30 minute lunch break. Um, I think they're just good at protecting their employees. Cool. Yeah, I keep seeing these memes on Instagram that's like nurses from California working anywhere that isn't California. And <laughs> some like angry or confused person. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome. I, sound I, I that sounds really like a great place to be looking back at your experience and everything that's happened what would you tell yourself and what are the biggest lessons that you've learned I would tell myself that the one-year mark is uh not mandatory I'd also tell myself bedside nursing is not the only type of nursing to do <laughs> um a lot of people have that concept or that perception that um, if you don't do bedside, you're not a real nurse, which isn't true. It downplays the nursing profession. Like I'm still going to have to use my critical thinking skills because I have a lot more autonomy and independence in this um, new job. And um, yeah. it's just used in a different way. And um, yeah, and I think that just downplays the nursing profession and, it's, I just, I, I think sometimes I laugh because the irony of, you know, nurses being um, caring when um, we don't, sometimes we don't care for each other well. Um, we don't support each other well. And um, that's why I think culture is so important. And um, it, it can be hard to change. It's important to work at a place where you feel supported and where you know that uh, you're not going to be looked down upon because you asked this one tiny uh, little question. <laughs> so yeah. um, one thing I wanted to add when you were talking about bedside nursing is not the only kind of nursing. Um, something that your experience reminded of and I, this I don't think this was how you were viewing it, but I have met some people either in nursing school, new grads, um, people thinking about nursing school who are the very like type A of overachiever type that are like, I need to be an ICU nurse because I need to be the best kind of nurse. And ICU, ICUs are the most intense. So I'm only the best nurse if I'm an ICU nurse, which that's just like not a thing. Oh yeah, like no. nursing different. I like different types of nursing are different types of nursing. It's not one is better or harder exactly um, than the other. 
Yes. Um, yes. There are ICU that could never do like public health nursing. There are public health nurses that could never be ICU nurses and there's everything in between. Um, and it's way better to be doing a great job in a job that you are enjoying, that is fulfilling you, that um, you feel comfortable in than to be struggling and struggling because you're on a type of unit that is not the best fit in terms of the nursing care that you are supposed to be giving versus the type that you in your heart want to be giving. Yes. Um, so that's something that I wish that someone had like told me to think about when I graduated and I was like picking jobs, like what, what types of nursing care and what types of patients like really just like get my brain going and make me like super excited to go into work. Um, and I really, I'm really grateful to feel like I'm doing that now. Um, and I'm excited to see you start to do that and start to really pursue like your nursing dreams. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. You can go so many different routes with nursing, even out of nursing school. Like I, I do think like bedside nursing, it does help create that foundation experience, but I mean, I have a friend that worked in public health for eight years and then transitioned and then, and then she got a job on telemetry and worked for a year on telemetry and then did home health. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you can work out of bedside for eight years and then transition into bedside. That is a possibility. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's. It's okay if you don't start and start out in bedside. It's your your route of going to bedside is it's not ending right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that was such a good perspective. I am so excited to see like where you go. Thank you. Me too. I am excited too. So I'm gonna do some fun surprise questions. Um, just answer as fast as you can. With your answer, no big deal, no stress. Ready, go, coffee versus tea, and what do you order? Tea, um, yeah, tea, um, probably, like, a caramel apple spice tea. Mmm. First, I was like, oh, you're one of those, but then, actually, caramel apple spice, that sounds (laughs) really good. So, no judgment. Um. What do you listen to on your way to and from work? Uh, country music. Um, and like I said, I'm faith-based. Like, I have a faith background, so Christian music. Um, oh, and then uh, right now, um, uh, there's a radio that plays Christmas music, so I also listen to that, too. <laughs> cool. Uh, are you a meal prepper or an order in? Or- oh, meal prepper, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite brand of scrubs figs they're comfy they look so nice (laughs) they fit they it just looks very 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 professional um figs all the way who should chart at 7 a.m uh so the the off-going nurse what sea animal are you interesting Um, why they're curious um, they like to play and um, they like being active. <laughs> That's cute. I feel like you like have that answer like prepared. <laughs> no. Um, favorite smell? Ooh, 
a Christmas tree for sure. <laughs> mm, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. So final question for you is if someone like really resonated with what you said or like wants to work with you in some way or just like wants your advice about something how could they contact you so you can contact me on my instagram handle um my instagram handle is steph so s-t-e-p-h and then sweets so s-w-e-e-t-s and then and you know andy and then peds p-e-d-s great Stephanie, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. I totally learned a ton and have so much respect for you and everything you're doing and everything you've been through. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, thank you. No, thank you for having me and hosting and you're a great host. And I always, I love the questions that you asked. And I do think uh, your podcast is important, um, like the topics that you're talking about and the transition from being a student nurse to a professional nurse. I think all these things need to be talked about and mental health as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope that you liked it. I want to reach as many new nurses as I can, so it would mean so much to me if you could follow and interact with us on social media at Registered the Podcast on Instagram and share this show with any new nurses you know who may be interested in being a part of this community. If any of this resonated with you, please subscribe on whatever you're listening with, either Apple Music or Spotify. I really want to deliver content that is helpful and meaningful for you. So please leave a review um, so I know what you liked and what else I can do to make this resonate even more with you. Finally, if you're interested in sharing your story, there is a link in our Instagram bio at Registered the Podcast for you to fill out with your information so I can contact you. Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear from you.